There it is. The default metronome. My mortal enemy. Rap, rap, rap. Rapity rap. I can rap. How about that? Don't need this feature. Who needs a metronome on narration vocal? I ask you. I get so bored with the technology twist and turn fanboy media coverage. Where's IA going next? What's next for da da da? I'll tell you. Here's the master narrative for every technology. It's going to be used by people with power at the expense of people who do not have power. There it is. Everything else is just script tweaking. This is Breakup Gaming Society. I'm your host, Inquisitor Cinnamon Apple Cheese Dick. Uh, doing a, we're gonna, this is a not a complex podcast. We talk about booze, board games, hip-hop, and roughly seven-minute segments, then we're out of your hair. What are we looking forward to today? One, uh, not in a drinking mood, so I'm going to do a, I'm going to revisit something that we uncorked earlier, and I'll give you a preview of next week's, or next episode's drink during Game of the Week. Gonna do another dive down uh, memory lane, back into the best game ever made in the history of games, Warhammer 40,000 Conquest. And then lastly, track of the week, which we're going to have a a little randomization feature. We're going to use an old streaming friend to sort of help us narrow down uh, the the choices of track. Uh, It's G-Tronic. Their crates are great, and they're going to help me without their knowing it pick the track of the week we're going to be back in a moment with drink of the week be careful of technology drink of the week sometimes when your body says take a day off rest dry out you just you just have to listen drink of the week is going to be a a reflective affair because i don't feel like drinking I'm, i'm drinking coffee right now however I wanted to revisit something that we tasted before. It was a arete. It was a reposado from Jalisco. And um, it was a great segment because my parents were down here from Denver and the Allfather was here and we uncorked it. And because, you know, we were all having a good time together, I, I labeled, I deemed it at the time a decent reposado. Now, on a subsequent night, I uncorked it by myself killed off the rest of the leader and decided I don't like it. It's too gasoline-y. Arete Reposado? Mm-mm. That picture of the horse head? I think there are a lot of Reposados you can get at a bargain price that are just a better drink. It's just too too rough for me. Um, for, for the grade it is. Far better off picking up Espolón Reposado, 
or Milagro Reposado for a good sort of mid-market affordable Reposado. But Rete, I wouldn't buy the bottle again. And then um, next week, I'm going to crack open a bottle of... uh, Shit. Of course, I should have the bottle in front of me, shouldn't I? Hey, it's an improvised interstitial track from the Alpha Centauri Omelette Station. Sorry, I'm I'm back. Drink of the week. Yes, next week, being that there's a autumnal nip in the air at night, I decided to step back into the world of brown liquors. And just on impulse, when I was up in Pueblo at some liquor mart, I picked up a bottle of Blue Note Duke Joint Whiskey. Um, and, and we're going to get into that. Now, my expectations are tempered as I asked one of my Twitter whiskey people if I'd made a good purchase or not, and they said they'd rated it a 6.5 out of 10. We'll see. Um, and, and also, if any of you are listening to this, have listened to our tasting sessions and decided that maybe you can help me be something other than a big mouth drunk trying to find the most drinkable stuff he can for the least price. Follow me on Twitter. It's at T one chief rocker. And if yeah, if you want to talk bourbon, have some debates, educate me, you're all uh, welcome to do so in review at Reposado, no, won't do it again. Next week, Blue Note Juke Joint Whiskey, gonna do it for the first time. A long pay-in to Warhammer 40,000 Conquest coming up. Game of the Week. So way back in episode 8 or 9, Jean, a.k.a. He, She Who Thirsts, and I sat down at a family restaurant and got family fucked up. I think that night was a shambles. We sat there in a booth and recorded and played Warhammer 40,000 Conquest for a couple hours, ran around the room annoying people, closed the place, went across the street, closed another place, because that's what you need after a whole day sitting in a booth playing card games and drinking tequila, is sprint across the street for four more shots. I remember Jean couldn't even keep theirs in 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 their glasses. I'd buy another round, and I'd look away for one second, and I'd look back, and they'd spilled it all over the desktop, the bar top, like three times in a row. But Warhammer Forty Thousand Conquest was, in a way, the the beginning of this podcast. Jean and their spirit of merrymaking and good uh, sportspersonship were instrumental, along with my long-running rivalry with Major Dunworthy of the Departmento Munitorum. The reason that that game, Warhammer 40,000 Conquest, was so good. And, you know, I was sitting here trying to figure out how to, to wrap it up for you, and I don't know how, although I was going back through an old email thread with a friend. It's, you know, it's... If, you, if you've heard about Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and such, where people build and refine and refine and refine custom decks in order to do battle with their friends or at tournaments, then you know something about the appeal. If not, the, the, this this might be lost on you, which is why if you go on YouTube, 
Breakup Gaming Society. I'm making some companion videos just walking through my old boxes and the many, many decks I built as I learned the joy of getting your ass kicked, refining, and coming back to the table again to try to beat smart, aggressive players who uh, were were my friends. I'm just going to read the email I sent to my friend Els a long time ago when I was just deep in the throes of this game. A few thoughts on jazz. So the other day when I was test drawing my Corporal Snagbrat deck, I got to thinking about how good it feels when you have a few in you and you're listening to some of that good old straight-ahead late 50s, early 60s jazz. It's got a chord structure and a melodic progression, but you never know quite which notes or what phrasing the soloist is going to use to take you there. This is what makes Conquest, and board games in general, so wonderful. A bit of chaos and surprise within a known order, structured creativity. I have something like two dozen Conquest decks built, and they are all songs you get to write and play. Working within the tournament deck-building rules, you find more and more creative latitude the closer you peer at every wrinkle of road inside the guardrails. Deck-building is what hardcore CCG and LCG players refer to as the metagame. Then there is gameplay itself, in which the theme and sub-themes of your strategy are randomly dished out to you a few cards at a time, and you have to snap them together on the fly, taking into account the order of the contested planets, who has initiative, where, where you think you can win battles, and where you can bring in new income in the form of cards and resources. Imagine chess, except you get to choose from hundreds or thousands of chessmen, each with peculiar abilities and effects, and you have your custom mix of those chessmen in a big bag, and you pull out a few random handfuls at a time and try to win. I probably spend at least an hour of downtime every day test drawing decks. You want to ensure that the distribution of units, supports, attachments, and events you need to fulfill your strategy draw into your hand in somewhat predictable fashion. If you can't give your opponent hell with any given seven-card sampling of your deck, then you refine and deal again and again. Sometimes just swapping out two or three cards can create a step change in the deck's synergies or an important incremental improvement. You can feel the kinship with the composer at his piano, playing it over and over until he finds the right solution for those two notes that are clangers. So I've been preparing Corporal Snagbrat, who is an odd player in the orc pantheon of conquest war bosses. Orcs and W40K are not renowned for their subtlety. They are what passes for comic relief in the awful W40K universe. My friend and opponent, Dunworthy, Major Dunworthy, that is, of the Departmento Munitorum, describes their general ethos as, quote, shoot it until it stops moving, then hit it with an axe until it's flat, end quote. Big, dumb, tough, and green, just as likely to butcher each other as they are to get organized and give anybody else in the universe trouble. But Snagbrat is a stealthy orc who is designed to maximize the deep strike ability of certain cards, wherein you get to play a card face down at a planet. Cards are traditionally played face up, and your opponent doesn't know exactly what he's up against until a battle starts and and, uh, you turn your deep strike cards over. So he's got a bunch of these sneaky orcs at his disposal who shift around in the cut and spring from the foliage to raise hell at the opportune moment. 
When you're dealing with a minimum 51-card tournament build, you don't want to ask a deck to execute too many themes, so I stuck with loading the deck with several Deep Strike Orcs, supplemented with a sideboard of Junk Chucka Commandos and a nasty little bevy of attachments. Junk Chuckas have the ability to toss one of their attachments to another unit after they attack, with the stipulation that the handoff deals two damage to the recipient. Hmm. Destructive. So I dug around in the card collection and found the perfect complement. Three copies of Enraged Orc, a two-cost unit that arrives in play with no ability to, to attack until he's actually received damage. So he can, for instance, catch a huge chain chopper from the Junk Chucka. A huge chain chopper is a giant axe that also has moving teeth like a chainsaw. W40K is metal as fuck. And immediately have plus six attack, which can be pretty devastating at close quarters. Now, the huge chain chopper has its own drawbacks. It's a cheap attachment. It only costs one resource to put it into play. That delivers a big blow, but it's so unwieldy that the, that the unit that attacks with it cannot ready and attack again with it during the rest of the whole battle. But let's peer closer at another wrinkle. The Junk Chucka's ability says he can toss off an attachment to quote-unquote any eligible unit during battle at a planet. The recipient doesn't have to be one of my guys. So if I don't have an enraged orc handy, the Junk Chucka can attack with it, then pitch it onto an exhausted enemy unit. Here, fucko, catch! If the two damage from receiving it doesn't kill the recipient then it spends the rest of the battle fruitlessly trying to bench-press the fucking thing while I target it with more attacks. <laughs> Hysterical. So, anyway, you know, that, that, that's just one of the little, oh my gosh, that's devilish things you find when you're building and tuning decks, and then to see it come to life on the battlefield is an experience unlike anything I experienced before in, in board and card gaming, and unlike anything I'm bound to experience until I'm in the grave. Um, there are something like 50 warlords to choose from across the game's nine playable factions, each with their own playstyle, each of which can be supported with many themes and sub-themes. It's jazz, baby. And I'm going to talk more about that jazz in my uh, YouTube series, where I'm just going to give you tours through some of the many decks I've built, partly for nostalgia and partly just to um, yeah, maybe connect with people who used to love the game as much as I did. And if nothing else, I've been told I have a nice reading voice. So uh, you got that going for you. We're going to be back in just a sec with Track of the Week. Thank you. Fucking next. Garbage. Relax and take a seat. Sit back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. It's the Track of the Week. I'm ratchet in the streets. Talk trash to the geeks. Get smacked in the beat. It's the Track of the Week. I had to give up. I had to give up the idea of the curation world of music owing me something for my alleged expertise. We're talking about hip hop, and uh, you know my 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 listening mostly centered around eighty six to ninety four, and it was heavy listening. There are a couple ones I had back in the day on tape that I can still lip sync almost front to back. But my listening tapered off, and while I could credibly pose as an old-school hip-hop master to my mostly white, mostly middle-aged peer group, I, I had to 
rethink my status when I started just coming into contact with other old heads who and listened to to it all. All of it didn't stop after 94, and I'm still rediscovering patches of it. It's fun, but, you, you know, today the, the master kneels. because and, and one of the things that got me to, to rethink stuff was when I would use to throw on G-Tronic radio on my game nights. Uh, still my favorite streaming hip-hop thing of all time. Better than any Spotify curated list. If you really want a solid night of golden era and underground classics, th- throw them on. They they have good crates, so to speak. They taught me things. Like I'd be sitting there, some song would come on. I'm like, that sounds like it was made in 1992 at the latest and I was right and it was banging but I'd never heard of the artist so I'm going back to that moment in time a few years ago when I discovered G-Tronic and this week's track of the week I decided to just throw on G-Tronic for a while this afternoon it's like I'm going to take a 10 song sample of what they're spinning this afternoon and one of those I'm going to feature for track of the week so I did and here it comes now there were no slouches anywhere on this list. And, you know, I, I gave myself props because a couple of them were from albums I had. Rated R by Red Band off his debut. In the Ghetto by Eric B. and Rakim. Not one of my favorite tracks off uh, Let the Rhythm Hit Him. I think that was the album, but on there. I mean, who else is on there? Black Sheep, Jurassic 5, Common, Boot Camp Click, and more. And... Uh, I was thinking that that Black Sheep song from 2010, which I'd never heard, and I always thought Drez was a brilliant MC, was going to win. But then the 10th song of my sampling settled the entire matter quickly. It was One Two Y'all by Sean Price, a.k.a. Big Ruck, a.k.a. Jesus Price, off his album Monkey Bars. And again... Still continuing to get my education. I started listening to this album like two years ago, and many, many of its singles are in my shuffle, and I almost never skip them. Sean Price, who was back in the day one half of Helta Skelta, who has since died, but even today. For example, Dow Jones, the gentleman who contributed my theme music, Sean Price is still his favorite rapper, and I can't argue with that choice. Can you? Yo. Y'all motherfuckers do it for the love of the rap. I do it for the love of the rap and the dubs and the lack. Do it for a dub of the black in the club with the gat. Do it for the thugs in the back and we hustle and crack. Stop. Stop. The more I hear of Sean Price, the more I like him. If only because of the unapologetic space that he just elbowed out for himself in hip hop. After, you know, a lot of the golden era acts had, you know, sort of become underground grandpas, Sean became a 21st century underground legend, the the grimy broke rapper with the insane bars. And also, I love the, the production across the whole album. The whole feel, it's 
punchy and it's grimy and the way they use they chop up and use samples is rude and mean and nasty and it fits like a glove the mic persona that that price had um here's another <laughs> nice little slice of rhyme craft from the same track July, Jamaican niggas rock corduroy shorts, sip Guinness stouts, 40s and quarts, drunk and high, skunk and tie, pops did tangle and cash just once if he died. Why follow his path, trying to straight demolish your staff, back out the fifth and holler your ass. Back when Buckshot was making who got the props, I was on the strip who got the rocks. There you go, the continuing hip hop education of Inquisitor, Cinnamon, Apple, Cheese Dick. Extra credit assignment. Sometimes when I'm down or just need a kick in the ass, I will go on YouTube. I can't remember. It was one of the hip hop morning shows where they, you know, drop a beat and one or two legends will show up in the studio that mic and, and, and drop some bespoke bars for that show on the show. And Sean Price came on with Joe Budden, who was, still in his rapper phase and not in his um, cranky old editorialist phase. And Joe Budden's no slouch. But go back and listen to that clip. Price comes out of the gate so on fire. It's one of those things I just play uh, again and again and again. But um, that's it for track of the week. I'm going to be back with a rant to take us home about a topic that's been sticking to the gum line of my mind like a caraway seed. Anyway, we'll get to it. Here it comes. I'm, I'm tagging this on to the end of the show as it occurs to me that not all of my five listeners may take an interest in Colorado politics. It's okay. I just live in Colorado and in particular in the district of one Congressman Ken Buck. Uh, he's the congressman for, I think, the 4th District. It encompasses much of the Eastern Plains, and they drew the line far enough west to, to scoop out Trinidad, too, to make sure that uh, Captain Winner has a safe space so he can keep winning elections. Because here's, if there's anything that drives me crazy about the modern times is Democrats and liberals' complete failure to understand the nature of the battlefield they're on. Earlier this year, there was a very minor kerfuffle online because somebody in the Democratic Colorado organization got hold of a photo of Ken Buck at a fundraiser standing next to an American flag with his hands on his hips with one of those uh, shirts with a skull and a beret and says, kill them all, let God sort them out. At which point, you know, a couple... Democratic nobodies. He's inciting violence. He's endorsing Proud Boys. Which they easily rebutted. And it doesn't matter because you completely missed the obvious line of attack. And it's not that he's inciting or endorsing violence. Look at the picture. It's because he's a fucking dork and a pussy and a loser. That's the line of attack. Now, see, the left, and as well as the shitlords over on 4chan get this, you're not understanding the sheer amount of fun they're having, knowing that 
on the psychic battlefield of the internet. It's not about credibility, citations, competence. It's about your ability to frame, discredit, demoralize, mock, and bully. That's that's the battlefield you're on, and and the war is going to have the out, the outcomes can have real consequences, and you can't win the war if you're showing up with Nerf guns. If you won, I guess you could get a byline in your local newspaper. What has become of civility? It's gone. Ken Buck isn't an insider to violence. He's a fucking career loser. That's what he is. First time I ever saw him in 2010, he entered a Senate race against Michael Bennett, who was a potted plant that the Democrats yanked out of some chair in the Denver Public Schools organization. And somehow the Republicans scoured their bench and found the only guy in the state that could make Michael Bennett look charismatic. Buck lost that race. And I think for a while he was head of the uh, uh, state Republican organization during which he was in another scandal about rigging some internal vote to help one of his cronies uh, get elected. And I think he, before all that, he was the, he's a Princeton boy from New York sitting there standing in his backyard barbecue in his tough guy pose, looking like a complete dork. That's, that's the issue. Guys, a zero Weld County DA, which is basically like a punitive administrative position. Here's all the powers of the state to throw people with no resources in jail. Here you go, big hero. And then he keeps just failing his way sideways and downways throughout the organization. Uh, I think he wanted to run against Scott Udall in a Senate race. And they're like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to let Cory Gardner handle this one. Imagine being a kid going out for tailback at a rural high school somewhere. And you're the kid who shows up with his helmet on backwards and, and who walks with a cane beats you out of the depth chart. <laughs> Corey Gardner, who's crawls on his belly, fucking catamite for big agricultural companies. Beats your ass. Titty fed mama's boy. Sitting there in his CPAC breakout thought leadership conference talking about, I'm going to regulate the internet. There should be seven or eight Facebooks. Like the fucking board of directors of Facebooks give a fuck what Ken Buck's going to do. Ken Buck's going to do shit. That's what he's going to do. Because he's a pussy. And, uh, and, and his bid for relevance slides down to the Congressional 4th District of Colorado, which is, again, if you look at the vote totals, anytime you see a congressional district where the purported um, opponents are, in effect, sacrificial lambs, and you're seeing vote totals like 65 to 35 percent, 70 to 30, and, and so on, it's a safe space where the Republican apparatus can clear out its losers and he can go to his backyard barbecue with his right-wing edgelord shirt and put on that stupid pose and look like the biggest pussy in the world. That's the line of attack. He's zero dork 30. You just know that guy gets up in the morning every day and sees a bitch in the mirror. 
He's not inciting violence. He's inciting derision. Learn the game. And if this diatribe doesn't illustrate the imperative vividly enough, I've helped you out. If you go to BreakupGamingSociety.com, I have just put up a blog post called Ken Buck is a fucking pussy. I made some fun memes there that are more online with how the modern GOP needs to be treated anytime they open their mouth about anything. BreakupGamingSociety.com. Check the blog and may you fight long and well.